0: is power
1: Paul was discipling, pouring into Titus raising him up and all of us need to pour down into people Every single one of us, not just a few of us, all of us, we're all created to not only have peers and friends who we walk through life with, but people we pour down into. Now, some of you might be like, listen, okay, Fusco, that's all great, but I've been a Christian for like three minutes. Who can I help? You realize that in our culture, three-quarters of the people don't know Jesus, so there's all sorts of people you know way more than about Jesus.
0: The best kind of learner is a person that doesn't think they have things all figured out. If you already know everything, you won't be open to correction. As Pastor Daniel describes the Apostle Paul in his message today, we'll hear that he was that kind of man. Even with his extensive knowledge, Paul was always seeking and hearing from Jesus. Today, you'll hear about how your relationship with Jesus can grow as you seek to know more. Now, here's Pastor Daniel with part two of his message entitled, Jesus is Greater Than Your Past. Jesus.
1: Is real. You're not the sun in the center of the solar system. Jesus is. And our job is not to hope everything orients itself around us. But our job is to let everything in our lives orbit with Jesus as the center. But that's what happens when revelation is personal. Now, from there, look at what happens. In the middle of verse 16, he says... He revealed his son in me that I might preach him among the Gentiles. I did not immediately confer with flesh and blood, nor did I go up to Jerusalem to those who were apostles before me, but I went to Arabia and returned again to Damascus. And after three years, I went up to Jerusalem to see Peter and remained with him 15 days. But I saw none of the other apostles except James, the Lord's brother, now concerning the things which I write to you. Indeed, before God, I don't lie. Afterward, I went into the regions of Syria and Cilicia, and I was unknown by face to the churches of Judea, which were in Christ. But they were hearing only, he who formerly persecuted us now preaches the faith, which he once tried to destroy, and they glorified God in me. You notice that we get Paul's details of his journey, where he went. But what we learn, and notice by the end, nobody knew him by face, only that he who persecuted us now preaches the faith that he once tried to destroy, and they glorified God in me. My friends, don't let your past determine your future. Don't let your past determine your future. Now, I realize that by saying something like that, I just dropped like a big old mess in the middle of the sanctuary for us. Because I realize that for almost all of us, There are things about yesterday that are determining today and the future. The Apostle Paul very easily could have just been like, I can't do it. I persecuted the church. I tried to destroy it. There's absolutely no way that I can now join it and be a part of it in such a way that is vibrant and is healthy and God-glorifying. But Paul did not let his past Determine his future He let Jesus be greater than his past And he let Jesus determine his future My friends Your past has been forgiven by Jesus If you put your faith and trust in him No matter what it was, no matter how bad it was, no matter how long your record is, your rap sheet, no matter how many times you've been on and off the wagon, no matter how many times you've broken people's hearts or stolen their stuff, no matter how many abortions you may have had or how many diseases you have still because of your past, none of it matters because Jesus forgives our past and he gives us hope for the future. That's the gospel. And Paul is a great example for us of not letting yesterday be the determining factor of today and tomorrow, but letting yesterday place it in the hands of God and let Jesus determine your future. Because Paul goes from being a persecutor to being somebody who they're praising God for this guy, Paul. Now that's a pretty huge change, isn't it? I'll be honest, I remember growing up, you couldn't pay me enough to go to church. I hated going to church. And now I'm a pastor and I have to be here. <laughs> and I want to be here. I mean, isn't that just a mind-blowing reality? Paul was a persecutor and now he's writing one-third of our New Testament. We look back and like, man, Paul was a giant. Because ah. he didn't let his past determine his future. And my friends, don't you do it either. Imitate Paul as Paul imitates Christ. Don't let yesterday determine tomorrow. Let Jesus determine tomorrow. Trust him with your past. Let him give you hope for the future. Now you notice his journey here. Because he's telling the church in Galatia, look, I didn't learn this from the Jerusalem apostles. I didn't learn it from them. He says, look, I didn't immediately, verse 16, confer with flesh and blood. Didn't go up to Jerusalem. But I went to Arabia and then returned again to Damascus. Now, when we see Arabia, we think of Saudi Arabia. But this was the region to the north of Damascus, which is in modern-day Syria. So he didn't go that far as, as, like, Saudi Arabia. But he went north. He didn't go there. And then he went back to Damascus, where he got saved. Now, after three years, he goes to Jerusalem, we find out. And he was there for 15 days. And he spends time with Peter who we know, we've heard about him a lot in the Bible, and then James, the brother of our Lord. Now, a quick aside real quick, because I realize that there are some sections within what we call Christianity that would say that Mary never had children after Jesus. They call it the perpetual virginity of Mary. Okay, now, notice what it says there, who is the brother of our Lord. So, I don't know why people hold to that, except if they want to try and set Mary up as someone who you can pray to. But listen, Mary and Joseph after Jesus was born, got married, and enjoyed all the blessings of what marriage is. And so we say, praise God, and I'm sure Joseph did too. So I just wanted to get that out of the way, because it says that James was the brother of Jesus. So Joseph and Mary, you guys know what I'm talking about. Anyway, out of all this time, he spends three years north of Jerusalem. Then he goes there for a measly 15 days. And he just spends time with Peter and James. So he's there for 15 days. And then it says from there, he travels into the regions of Syria and Cilicia. Now, Cilicia is interesting because Tarshish, which was Paul's hometown, was in this region called Cilicia. So he's like, I went home for a while and I was unknown by the churches by face. They didn't even know who I was. And then in verse Chapter 2, verse 1, it says, After 14 years, I went up again to Jerusalem with Barnabas and also took Titus with me. So you realize we got three years in here. We have 14 years in here. So just the numbers he gave, we have 17 years. And plus he's in all these other places. He's in Damascus, he's in Syria, he's in Cilicia. So at the minimum, you're probably thinking, we're talking 20 years of Paul's life. And in the 20 years of Paul's life, He only spent 15 days in Jerusalem with the apostles. That's what he's trying to get. He's saying, look, I didn't learn this from the Jerusalem apostles. And you can't correct me saying that you're from Jerusalem and the Jerusalem apostles. I didn't learn it from them. I barely spent any time. I mean, you think about 20 years. That's a long time. For some of you, that's longer than you've been alive. Paul had been in Christ, serving the Lord, without having spent nearly any time. A drop in the bucket, a vacation time in Jerusalem. That's what he's trying to get at here. But now notice what happens in chapter 2. Because now the focus is going to go to the nature of the gospel as we move into chapter 2. It says, then after 14 years I went up again to Jerusalem with Barnabas and also took Titus with me and I went up by revelation and communicated to them that gospel which I preach among the Gentiles but privately to those who are of reputation lest by any means I might run or had run in vain. Now, this is awesome about the Apostle Paul, and there's an important principle for us, and that is we need to be teachable. We need to be teachable. You notice what he says? He's like, after all this time, I went up, and then I got together in private to make sure I hadn't run in vain. See, it'd be so easy for the Apostle Paul to be like, look, I'm right, you guys are wrong, so live with it. He could have done that. He had 20 years of ministry. I mean, we have Paul's missionary journeys are included in here. But he goes up just to make sure he's got it right. Now, listen, I say be teachable. You can be like, listen, Pastor Daniel, look, we're here right now. So you're teaching. We're learning. This is great. The key is to learn how to be teachable in things that we're already pretty good at. It's easy. Like, like if you can fix the car and I need my car fixed, I'm going to ask you a ton of questions because you give me a ratchet. I don't know what to do with that. I don't even know if you can use a ratchet on a car, by the way. That's not my giftings. But the problem that you and I have is in things that we actually think that we have some information about, things that we're pretty knowledgeable in, those are the places where we get puffed up. Like, I know what's going on. I got all the details. I've been doing this so long. What are you going to teach me? And my friends, that is lethal for your growth. Lethal for your growth. The key is to learn how to be teachable in the things that you're already good at. Paul could have so easily been like, you guys... I got this. Look, look, I mean, I've seen the Holy Spirit fall on people. I've seen all these churches planted. I am the man in the ministry to the Gentiles, and I got it going on. I'm a conference speaker, author. I got it. But Paul is humble enough in walking with Jesus to be wide open. Maybe I got it wrong. Maybe I've run in vain. Maybe there's things I don't understand or I'm missing the boat on, and he is seeking the wisdom of the Jerusalem apostles for it. Now... Most people would say that this happening here where Barnabas and Titus go is the Jerusalem council of Acts chapter 15, which you can read about in your Bible. When they got together to deal with this issue of what does it mean to be saved? How do we get saved? What happens? Luke, the writer of the book of Acts, mentions that Paul and Barnabas went, doesn't mention that Titus went. But in Galatians, we find out that Titus was there and that Titus was a Greek in verse 3, and that Titus didn't get circumcised. We're going to talk about that. Kind of an awkward thing to talk about in church, but we're going to deal with it because it's in there. But I want you to notice something real quick. You notice the different directions of relationship that Paul is talking about? Barnabas was a co-laborer. Barnabas was somebody who walked through life with Paul. They were peers, so to speak. Barnabas was Paul's 1st ministry partner. Later, it'll be Silas. Everybody needs a Barnabas in their life. And if you're a Barnabas, you need a Paul, someone who you're walking through life with. I'm here to tell you, those of you who are married, your spouse is supposed to be a Barnabas or a Barnabas to a Paul, an encouragement, a comforter. You're walking through life together, and I think one of the ways Satan gets at married couples is to make you think that you're not that, but that's what you are, that you're on different teams. No, you're on the same team, and you're learning how to love and grow together. So you need, and then you need other people who are your friends. Paul and Barnabas were friends. But also notice that Titus is there. Titus was a convert, a Greek convert. And Paul was pouring into the life of Titus. We also have Timothy in our Bibles. Paul was discipling, pouring into Titus, raising him up. And all of us need to pour down into people, every single one of us, not just a few of us, all of us. We're all created to not only have peers and friends who we walk through life with, but people we pour down into. Now, some of you might be like, listen, okay, that's all great, but I've been a Christian for like three minutes. Who can I help? You realize that in our culture, three-quarters of the people don't know Jesus. So there's all sorts of people you know way more than about Jesus. So everybody needs to find someone to pour down into. And in the same way, Titus had Paul. That's somebody who's pouring into them. We all need not only to have friends that we walk through life with and people we pour down into, but we also need to allow people to pour into our lives. I'll be honest with you. The only reason I'm a pastor in ministry is because I've been blessed with people who've come alongside to pour into my life. People who challenge me. To this day, I have networks of friends who are friends, but they've been around this way longer than I have. Not just the ministry side, but the personal side. People who've raised their kids. People who've gone through all these experiences who I need wisdom from, and I'm always asking, and I'm blessed because I have people pouring down. Into my life. I get to pour down into other people's life. And I get to walk through life with a group of people. We all need relationships. On all those different directions. And if you find yourself. You don't have those. You need to say God. Will you bless me. With a mentor. And people that I can mentor. And spiritual friends. Who can walk through life with me. And if you have those. Or some of those. Thank them for it. Thank God for it. We all need re- relationships and multiple directions. But we need to be teachable because Paul shows up with Barnabas, with Titus, and he's like, well, I want to make sure I didn't get it wrong. God had used Paul mightily. He was still concerned to make sure the gospel he was teaching had it going on. But look at what happens in verse 3. It says, Yet not even Titus, who was with me, being a Greek, was compelled to be circumcised. And this occurred because false brethren secretly brought in who came in by stealth to spite our liberty, which we have in Christ Jesus, that they might bring us into bondage to whom we did not yield submission even for an hour, that the truth of the gospel might continue with you. But from those who seem to be something, whatever they were, it makes no difference to me. God shows personal favoritism to no man. For those who seem to be something, added nothing to me see in these verses we get the crux of the issue for the churches in Galatia which is now playing itself out at the Jerusalem Council which is the fact that this guy Titus who's a Greek guy who's not Jewish he didn't get compelled to be circumcised he wasn't gonna become Jewish so that he could follow Jesus and the Apostle Paul is saying this is the issue that there are these guys false brethren secretly brought in, who came in by stealth to spy out our liberty. Now, think about the, how nefarious these words are. Brought in by stealth. False brethren. Spying out our liberty. Paul's using some pretty serious language. He's talking about sleeper cells, terrorist cells against the gospel. We learn here that we need to find freedom and not bondage. We need to find freedom, not bondage. That's what he says here, right? They came to spy out the liberty which we have in Christ Jesus that they may bring us into bondage. So the issue is between freedom and slavery. The church in Galatia, they believed in Jesus. They were free, but then a group of people came in with a set of rules that made them slaves again. And brothers and sisters, you and I need to find freedom, not bondage to a set of religious rules. And I'm here to tell you, there are some of us right now, we're struggling with that. We're struggling with the fact that we believe in Jesus and somebody's trying to put us back into a rule keeping thing. Like you got to worship on this day and this day only or you are not really honoring God. I get it all the time because I believe and I I pray that Crossroads, we're a a gospel, grace-centered church. But all the time I meet people like, oh, you're the pastor of Crossroads, right? Yeah. Someone told me not to go there because you wear jeans. (laughs) How can you be a pastor and have dreadlocks? You realize that you can wear a suit and have a hair helmet and still be dead on the inside, right? And you could have dreadlocks and wear jeans and be dead on the inside. It's not about the outside. It's about the inside. It's not about a set of rules. It's about the glorious liberty that Jesus came to give people. And we have to be careful because it's so easy to believe in Jesus and then get caught up in all these rules. And there's a million different styles of it. A real popular one now is that in order to be a good Christian, you have to vote this way. Now, don't get me wrong. You need to vote based on God's word and your own conscience before God. But listen, ain't no one getting saved by a political leader. And you all know that's true. When you die and you stand before the Lord, he's like, well, I want to see your voting record. Oh, wait, you voted for so-and-so? Perish the thought. Is that what God is saying? Not in my Bible. God is saying that you and I make mistakes, but Jesus is real and we want to vote well and you should vote well. It's a gift that God has given us in this country, but no one's getting saved by political affiliation and no one's getting saved by how gussied up you get for church and no one's getting saved by how diligent we are in doing these. People get saved by the finished work of Jesus and Jesus sets us free. John chapter 8, verse 31 to 36. What did Jesus say? Whom the Son sets free is what? Free indeed. indeed. Amen. And we need to find the freedom in Christ and not the bondage of a bunch of religion. There's some of you here right now, the reason you don't follow Jesus, you're like, oh man, it's all rules. No, listen. You come to Jesus because Jesus set you free. And because you're free, you are now free to choose to be different. That's how it works That's how God changes a life Because now because we're free in Jesus Yes you can do it But you say I don't want to do that anymore I don't want to be like everybody else I want to be the person that God made me to be And in our freedom We have the freedom not to choose the old way of life The ways of rebellion The ways of garbage Now we're free to say I'm going to go a brand new way Because Jesus is real And we respond to him And I love this God shows personal favoritism to nobody. Do you think the apostle Paul could speak to God more personally than you can? Because he was Paul or John or James. Or if you think some pastors got like the special red phone in their office with a direct line to God. No, God shows no personal favoritism. We are all sinners in need of a savior. And we all just come. But my friends, you got to be aware of people trying to put you into bondage. Now you know someone's trying to get you into religious bondage. You tell them that it's all about Jesus and they say, yeah, but. I call that yeah, but disease. Jesus, yeah, but. Yeah, but you need to worship on Saturdays. Yeah, but you need to read this version of the Bible. Yeah, but you need to do X, Y, and Z. You need to sign up for our thing and you get baptized a special way. There's no yeah, but in the kingdom of God. There's just Jesus. And everything else is an attempt to put you into bondage. And Jesus wiped that bondage right out. It's over. We are free in Christ. We have liberty in Jesus. Praise God. Look at how this section closes here. Verse 7. But on the contrary... And when they saw that the gospel for the uncircumcised had been committed to me as the gospel for the uncircumcised was to Peter, for he who worked effectively in Peter for the apostleship to the circumcised also worked effectively in me toward the Gentiles. And when James, Cephas, and John, who seemed to be pillars, perceived the grace that had been given to me, they gave me and Barnabas the right hand of fellowship that we should go to the Gentiles and they to the circumcised. They desired only that we should remember the poor, the very thing which I also was eager to do. My friends, we need to extend the hand of fellowship. Extend the hand of fellowship. I, I love that term right there in the middle of that section. See, Peter and James and John, the pillars in the church, they perceived that God's grace was upon Paul and Barnabas to bring the gospel to the Gentiles, just the way God's grace was on them to bring the gospel to the Jewish people, the circumcised. And they said, and when they realized that God was up to that, they extended the right hand of fellowship to us. See, you and I need to learn how not to be afraid of people's uniquenesses and their different callings. Everybody's different Everybody is God's unique work of art And God has called different people to do different things And it's not because God has called one of us to one thing That that's the only thing That's just the thing that God is calling them to It's so easy, isn't it? When someone's got a calling that seems different from us We get self-conscious about it And then we fight with them Because we think that their calling somehow Calls ours into question Jesus
0: is Thanks for joining us today for this edition of Jesus is Real Radio. We're so blessed by what God is doing through Jesus is Real Radio. We want to give you the opportunity to partner with us. For anyone who wants to help further the gospel here on Jesus is Real Radio, with a gift of $20 or more, we will send you a personalized copy of Pastor Daniel's book, Honestly. I'll be back in a moment to tell you how you can receive your personalized copy but first here's Pastor Daniel with more about this special book offer. Thanks Josh. Honestly it's a book I
1: wrote to help people deal with the messiness of life. I mean we all know it life throws us curveballs all the time. We never know what's coming next, but honestly comes from what I've discovered out of Paul's letter to the Ephesians, how you can manage your life through the lens of your relationship with Jesus. It's some powerful stuff. And I've been blessed as many people have told me how the book has helped them on their spiritual journey. I'm confident that honestly will be a blessing to you as you walk with Jesus. And I'll be personalizing each and every copy for the Jesus is Real radio listeners who partner with us this month. Here's Josh with some more information.
0: Thanks, Pastor Daniel. Again, to receive your very own personalized copy of Honestly, simply log on to JesusIsRealRadio.com and click on Partner. Then you can securely make your donation of $20 or more, which includes shipping. Remember, by partnering with us this month with your gift, you'll not only receive this great resource, you'll also be enabling Jesus Is Real Radio to be heard on this station and many more. That's all the time we have for today. Join us next time for another edition of Jesus is Real Radio.
1: Real. Jesus is real. My life is no typical journey walk on a trail.